Um, all right, let's let's bring in Doc. What's going on, man? <laughs> hey, Ben, how are you? Um, wonderful. Uh, uh, how how are you? You you've been you've been traveling a little bit today, and and uh, yeah. and we're, we we always yeah. have a little bit of a road set up so that we can uh, set up a, a a live a live Q and A wherever you are. Uh, so thank you for for doing this. Yeah, uh, I was in Asheville today, and um, as you noticed, my face is kind of red. And it's not because of too much sun. It was cloudy today, but um, I'll give you baby boomers a little tip as to why my face looks like this once a year. And it'll be worse next week. Can anybody guess what I'm doing right now? To all the baby boomers who have laid out in the sun all their lives and they're predisposed to skin cancers <laughs> when we get our age. Um, because I've started to put, I do this every year after Christmas, you know, I have a little downtime. You don't want to get too red and blistery when you're seeing patients. So I always do it on the few days I take off after Christmas. And that's a combination of 5-FU and calpositrine trying, uh, cream that it kind of, you put it on your face and anywhere you, where you've had a lot of sun damage, I've already had a couple of skin cancers taken off. So those actinic keratosis, which are precancerous, you put this cream on and it goes right to them only. And it, it'll light them up and then they'll blister off and uh, it'll get smooth again. And I do that once a year. I think it's a good little treatment for people that have had a lot of sun damage like me that played tennis for many years and, you know, didn't use sunscreen at all. If I knew now what I, or then what I know now, of course, it'd be different. But uh, I would avoid <laughs> a lot of, a lot of burning. I wouldn't have avoided the sun. I like to get a tan. I just wouldn't have gotten a sun burn. That's what causes the problem. It's not sun tanning, which can age your skin. But what causes cancer, skin cancers, which are most common cancers of any are sunburns. Remember that. So the sun is not bad, but sunburns are bad. Um, so anyway, just a little aside there. But I've had a great day. One thing I've noticed about going to North Carolina, it's a lot different than Tennessee. Man, they are strict over there with the mask wearing. They are. You can't go yep. anywhere without a mask over there in Asheville, at least. At least what I call the Republic of Asheville. You know, it's a little different than... <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> we live in the Tri Cities. We love but, um, we love. Well, I certainly like Asheville. It's yeah. it's good to it's a great place to visit. And, uh, um, um, well, it, it, say say what what you're using on your face one more time for the people who uh, uh, just a five F a combination of five Fu five fluoro uracil and uh, calpositrine, which are meant to attack actinic sun damaged uh, skin and kind of blister them up and they'll peel off in a week or two. So, um, yeah, super, it's, it's super interesting. And in, in next week's show, uh, we will, uh, we'll, we'll have to, to post a picture of, of you, uh, when you're, when you're kind of at, at, at its worst. Cause it, it is funny. You do this. Don't every, do that, man. Don't do that. <laughs> you do it every year. And it's, it's always, it's very interesting. Um, so, so I, it gets better every year because I think, um, does it get less, you know, I, less severe? Yeah. Yeah. It does. Um, all right, well, let's get to some questions. Uh, I had a few people say chemical peel and that is a good guess. Um, chem chemical peels yeah, it's are not a chemical peel. Yeah. It, it's not a chemical peel, but in it, a way it is, but it's just, it just goes to the actinic keratosis, the sun damaged part. 
Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So we're going to get to a few questions. Um, let's see here. What's up, Terry? Uh, great to see you, Francis. Happy birth. Uh, sorry. Happy new year to you, Francis. And, Is that Terry? Terry who? Uh, Graybill. Oh, Terry. I heard a story about Terry. This is pretty funny, but I want to ask him on in public. Did James Brown actually shine your shoes one time in Augusta, Georgia? <laughs> you, you'll have to get back. I heard a story about that somewhere. Uh, Terry, today, you'll have as to... a matter of fact. But anyway, I just brought that to mind. I heard that story today, Terry. So when you see me, tell me the whole story about um, James Brown shining your shoes. <laughs> Because I don't think he did. I think you thought he did, and he got really mad at you because it wasn't him. But anyway, <laughs> that's what I... that would be. That would be very interesting to have James Brown uh, to be just in the same uh, vicinity as as James Brown. It'd be pretty cool. Pretty cool. We'll finish the story next week. If you if you join us next week, we'll have the whole story. You know, like Paul Harvey. The rest of that story is pending. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we're, we're going to get to some questions, guys. Uh, thank you so much to, to everyone who's here. Uh, appreciate the, the sharers. We've got, a, we've got some sharers in the building who are sharing uh, the live Q&A. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Um, we are, let's see here, uh, real quick, just some housekeeping, just because Katie's in the building. Uh, we do have a, a new office that's opening up uh, middle of January. Uh, in Bristol, Virginia, Performance Medicine of Bristol will be opening up soon, and we are hiring medical assistants. So uh, if you know a medical assistant or are a medical assistant and want to be a part of uh, the Performance Medicine team, uh, you can DM our uh, business page uh, on Facebook, or you can email uh, katie at performancemedicine.net. We are uh, actively uh, recruiting now. We've got a We've got a um, an opening date. I, I believe, it. Katie, you can you can put the the actual opening date in, in the comments. I think it's uh, the sixteenth or nineteenth of of January, roundabout. I think it's January tenth. Is it tenth? Okay, yeah. uh, roundabout. And Katie, you can. Oh, there we go. Uh, hope to be open January tenth. Thank you for that. Um, so, uh, if you know anybody uh, who who would be interested, um, go ahead and. Uh, that'd be really, uh, we'd love for it to come from, from this community here. Uh, that would be, uh, really cool. Um, okay. So let's get to some, some questions here. Um, this first question is about joints. Uh, for some reason I'm having joint issues. My hands and feet have been awful for the last few weeks. The pain is sometimes almost too much. I'm uncertain what to take. And it seems that they are on, uh, ibuprofen, but that doesn't seem to help anymore. Do you got any, uh, advice, uh, for, for this person? Yeah, we need to find out why your joints are swelling and painful. There, there has to be a reason. Um, something's kicked off an inflammatory response in your body, whether it be an infection. Um, a lot of things can cause that. It can be gut issues. It could be a vaccine. It could be COVID itself that you didn't know you had. Uh, but it warrants, if it's been going on for a few weeks, it warrants some kind of workup. We, we generally do a blood workup on that and, and look at your inflammatory markers and try to ask a bunch of questions and see exactly what kicked this um, overimmune response into high gear. Um, so there's been, my best guess is, is some kind of infection um, has hit you, but it needs to be looked at and probably treated. Um, so that, that's a, that can be something that if you look into it early and 
kind of nip it in the bud, then it may may save you a lot of years of suffering. So certainly it warrants a workup. You can take ibuprofen, but that's just going to mask the symptoms. Something is causing that. What's um, interesting is, you know, we did that podcast with uh, Dr. Denise Sammons, um, and we talked a lot about uh, how it, I think she described it as, um, you know, a lot of autoimmune disease can be can actually or parasites or something goes to your joints. And so a lot yeah. of, you know, could very well be parasites, or right. a virus or bacteria, you know, it could be a lot of things that needs to be looked at. That's interesting. Um, okay. So let's go to a, this is a really practical one. Um, so three of our 12 Christmas Eve guests now have COVID. Um, should I take my backup ivermectin or wait to see if I develop symptoms? Um, the second part is if I wait, should I start it at the most minicule uh, symptom or only if I really feel like I'm sick? This is a question I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with now as the numbers uh, are, uh, I, I believe today was the highest um, COVID number of positive cases uh, we've had. So um, yeah, let's talk about this a little bit. Let's do it. You know, it's surging right now. I think um, yesterday there were there were 200,000 case, new cases yesterday. So there's at least 200,000 cases right now per day in the United States. They think that maybe in another week or so that there's going to be half a million cases per day, 500,000 cases, new cases every day. That's why. So that's how fast this Omicron variant mutation is spreading so everybody's real concerned i mean it's crazy you look you look on the news if you watch the news and there's just thousands of people lined up in every large city in our country uh waiting to get tested so you look at the lines and these people are asymptomatic and they're waiting for hours in line just to get one test to see if they have it you know in my own opinion unless you you're really hesitant about being around somebody um, that, you know, you're going to fly off or, or visit relatives, you know, for one test, you know, because you have to do that every day if you're asymptomatic. So personally, I wouldn't even get it. I wouldn't even get a test unless I was symptomatic. Then I would get it and get treated as early as possible. Unless maybe you're thinking about going to grandmoms and, right. uh, you know, or something like that. But um it's just amazing that we're we're almost we're definitely two years into this thing, and um, we're seeing more than ever. Despite you know how many million vaccines, over five hundred million, probably getting more close to six hundred million vaccines have been given in our country, and I I estimate there's a hundred million Americans have had COVID. You know I estimate a lot more than the fifty thousand are saying. The 50,000 document. There's so many people that have had it. But fortunately, the, the news is that this Omicron and what I'm seeing in my practice, because I'm treating it every day, even today, I've treated several, of course, but I'm um, even being off. But um, it seems to be a lot lighter variant uh, than, than the Delta certainly uh, has been. But um, so if you're, you know, my advice to you on the ivermectin, which I think works is if you have a, a family member who's in your household, go ahead and start, uh, and they have it, go ahead and take a dose now and repeat a dose in 48 hours. 
Um, and of course, most people that are around it are want a prophylaxis or taking it twice a week right now anyway. You know, and, um, and, and they and should that's definitely bump it twice a week. And then if you come down with it, certainly it's your first symptom test. Get your own home test if you can. That's the problem. These home tests are running out. So um, supposedly they're supposed to deliver 500 million free tests to our citizens um but in sometime in january but this is now they're behind the eight ball i mean um we really you know we continue to really mess up on the priorities of this thing in my opinion uh, but i do like early testing and uh, certainly uh, early treatment with the whole protocol because it can get bad um we'll learn a lot more about this variant in the next two weeks we're going to know a lot of, a lot more about it this is an evolving situation and you know, we're kind of hoping that it's a lot uh, lighter. It certainly seems to affect the vaccinated, unvaccinated, doesn't matter. Um, you know, in my experience, it's probably hitting the vaccinated more than the unvaccinated. Um, but um, there's a lot of questions about does do the monoclonal antibodies help this vein or not? We don't know yet. My, mm -hmm. my gut feeling is if you, if you have risk, risk factors and can get them, you should get the monoclonals even with this new variant out. But, um, you know, this thing has just exploded. That's what viruses do, they mutate. And that's um, why, you know, the vaccine and some people's opinions may be prolonging this uh, pandemic because it, it, it may cause it to mutate and be around forever. You know, it's gonna be chasing it with our tails, but uh, I certainly hope they can come out with some better vaccines than they have so far, because, uh, Right now, they're not working too well, in my opinion, in treating it on a daily basis. You know, they say, well, you know, it may, it may prevent you from dying, but uh, I guarantee I, well, we had a patient last week whose father died uh, of, uh, in the hospital in the ICU of, of COVID, fully vaccinated. So, you know, there's a lot of fully vaccinated people in that hospital right now. Sure. Um, they're, you know, we're, we're really not winning with this vaccine. So I think, you know, you either win or lose. And in my opinion, we're not winning with this vaccine the way it is right now. We need to be more focused on early diagnosis and early treatment because it works. But um, and, and I think that's part of the, the question here is, you know, you know, you've been exposed, um, you know, in close proximity with somebody, you know, in this case, a Christmas party, um, when you know, do you wait for the symptom? Um, you know, how, how much of a symptom does it need to be before, uh, you jump on this? Um, it seems that, you know, or hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, the symptoms with Omicron are, are, are much, much lighter, uh, than with the Delta. Uh, what's your, what's your advice there? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if you can't get a home test or you can't get tested, then if you come down with a flu-like illness, illness, you have COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and, and it's odd that um, people in the same family, they're really close. One get one may get it, one may not get it. Yeah. So, but I'd certainly always, you know, go ahead and take your good vitamin regimen, yep. especially the D, C, and zinc. Bump your D up a little bit. If you have some ivermectin, um, definitely take, uh, start taking it, uh, but not at the full treatment course, just the prophylactic course. And that, that's um, if, so. that's if you're in the same household as somebody who, who right. tested positive. Right. Otherwise okay. you should, if, if you're smart, you should be taking it twice a week anyway. 
you know, because it's it's just everywhere right now. Okay. And it's interesting too. The other interesting thing about this thing that they announced this week is they're for asymptomatic people who are positive, who test positive, they are lowering, they're, they're shortening the um, your quarantine period from 10 days to five days. Right. Right. I thought that's really interesting. It's real. that's to me more of a business decision than anything. It just shows you, they don't know what the heck they're, they're doing. You know, they, they realized finally, I guess that, Hey, we can't, we can't afford for people to be out 10 days and have no symptoms. So we're going to do five days. So it's, it's almost like really arbitrary what they're thinking. Uh, you can call it science, but there's no science behind any of that really. Um, it's just pure guesswork on anybody's part. So, um, you know, unless I had symptoms, I wouldn't even test myself unless I had to do it for, I was going somewhere it was required. I wouldn't even test it. But as soon as I got a symptom, I would get a test if I could. If I got a flu-like illness, I'd go ahead and start treating it, you know, but I'm hoping there's going to be a lot more availability of the, of the quick test for sure. Um, and again, they're, they're not that accurate anyway. I've had many people that keep testing and finally have all the symptoms. Finally, the third one tests positive. They've lost a few days of treatment because I do believe early treatments are very important. And another thing that I'm sure people are thinking about is, you know, have you looked into much the, the new uh, treatments that, that are coming out, uh, out of, uh, I think it's Pfizer who, who might have a, yeah, that, that's got, they have a promising oral, uh, monoclonal antibody. Okay. So that's a monoclonal. Um, so okay. yeah, it's a, just an oral. Well, now you have to go get the shots of the infusions and they're in short supply. I called around today and I couldn't find any, anybody that was, that had any, but, uh, uh so oral, they did, they need to start pumping all that stuff out and getting it to us. And of course, get more home test kits and, uh, you know, keep people from, uh, you see all those lines everywhere. It's just crazy. Um, how many people are out there trying to get tested for when they don't even have a symptom? Um, I really, you know, you wonder like, man, there's some people who, you know, really do have symptoms and, you know, need to get, need to get confirmation because you need a positive test to get the monoclonals. Um, so that yeah, you know, could right. be hurting them. Then you got to qualify to get them as well. You, know, right. you have to have either be old or have a risk factor. Um, so um, let me let me get to one question that just came over on email. Uh, this is um, should a 66 year old male with only one kidney but otherwise healthy take the monoclonal antibody shots? He has experienced very mild COVID symptoms similar to a common uh, cold. So it seems that you know he is. Uh, positive for COVID, and the, you know the question is, you know, how big of a factor? Risk factor? Yeah, have a risk factor. Certainly, I'm 66, and I got the monoclonals when I had COVID a month ago, so I definitely think you should. Even um, with the the one kidney, but yeah, but you should not get remdesivir, of course. Okay. You know, uh, of course, they're only going to give you that in the hospital, but uh, you know, I would not choose that drug. Um, so um, I'm yeah. Gonna- I'm going to put this up real quick. Um, love seeing uh, Heather in here. Uh, Heather, great to see you. Uh, she asked, did, did you all hear Dr. Peter McCullough on the Joe Rogan show? Uh, do you agree with him that you cannot get COVID again if you've already had it? And, and the reason I wanted to put this up as I you know, kind of glanced over and saw it uh, was that I, I asked you the very same question, um, I believe. I believe it was when uh, you and I were, were listening to the, 
uh, to the podcast with uh, Dr. McCullough. Yeah, that was a great podcast. You know, I really enjoyed that a lot. And um, of course, uh, Dr. McCullough is a well-known, well-published, well-researched guy. You know, he's kind of been demonized uh, lately by some of the mainstream medical establishment, but he's a very smart guy. He's one of the smartest doctors we have in this country and one of the most published. And, um, but anyway, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm thinking that too. We're going to find out, of course, but, um, you know, the ones I've had people tell me, just like Joe Rogan said to him, Hey, I had a friend who had it twice. Well, you know, the testing is, is really pretty inaccurate and, the it'll be it'll be neat to to find out the answer to that question but that's the way it usually is i mean there are viruses that can kind of you know hide in your body like the chicken pox virus it could come out later shingles but um you know usually you know that's the way it is but you know these things do mutate and whether or not you can get a different mutation uh that remains to be seen but um i certainly think that um, you know, as far as severe illness, it seems, uh, to be the case, um, and treating a lot of people, I don't think I've ever treated anybody twice for a legitimate case of COVID. I know I haven't. Um, it's really interesting. Um, and I, I'm sure that'll become, you know, something that we talk more and more about, uh, here as we, we move forward. Um, let's get to, to, to one other question that came in over the week. Um, it is, I have a friend here as a PA that told me I have treated more vaccinated people recently for COVID that were much sicker than the people uh, that are unvaccinated. And the question is, um, it's called, uh, the PA said it's called antibody enhanced response. Are you seeing this also? And uh, can you explain if you know what antibody enhanced response is? It's called antibody uh, dependent ADE, antibody dependent enrichment or enhancement. And there's a lot of different terms for it, but basically um, what that means is, is if you've had the vaccine or really even if you had COVID that um, through a very complex set of uh, biochemical processes involving things like toll-like receptors, um, IL-6, um, all the different types of cytokines. And I mean, it gets really, really deep, uh, all kinds of immunoglobulins and um, how the receptor changes depend, depending on um, the mutations uh, involved. Um, the theory is that, um, and what, we worry about a lot is because you're focusing on the vaccines, but um, that if you get a vaccine, it can lead to other infections as well. You know, in other words, you kind of will turn on your own ability for another virus or bacteria to get into your to cell and make it worse. Um, like you, know, you can see more influenza, more uh, RSV with it, and and even COVID, uh, see more COVID. That's, that's part of that. And certainly, in, you know, um, they've had a couple of vaccines in the past that had to be taken off the market for that, uh, 
reason. One, one type of measles vaccine, if I recall, was taken off the market for that. And the one for dengue fever, which is a mosquito-borne bad illness, uh, uh, I think you may even see more of that or as much of it as malaria, mosquito-borne. But um, so they've they've worried about that with vac- with vaccinations. That's that's the thing that mm. vaccine makers really fear the 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 most is antibody dependent enhancement, ADE, antibody dependent enhancement. And that is a real thing. Um, you know, and that and that's what a lot of people think, and that's why a lot of people are are afraid of the vaccine. Um, of course you can you could have COVID itself and it can cause that. Anything that COVID can cause or the vaccine can cause as well. So you have to kind of look at it uh, from both sides of the equation, but it's certainly why a lot of people are avoiding the vaccine. They think it may make things worse. It certainly looks like it's made mutations worse because I think that um, we may be done with this thing right now if we hadn't had the vaccine. Um, of course, the vaccine may save some lives, but, um, you know, uh, that's controversial. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate, you know, there's a fine line on, on, on either end of that, you know, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough situation. Obviously. Is innate immunity better than vaccinated immunity? I certainly, by common sense, you'd think it would be, um, you know, I would certainly myself rather have the innate immunity than vaccine immunity because we're seeing so many breakthrough infections. At least half the people I'm treating now are fully vaccinated. Um, there's no doubt about it. And it's ironic because most of my patients that call me do not want, they're not vaccine takers for this vaccine. They're not anti-vaxxers. They'll take all the other vaccines. They're just not taking this, this new um, uh, vaccine that so-called vaccine. So um, I think a lot of, I think there's going to be with this whole thing, there's going to be a lot of retracing the steps with this thing. Yeah. A lot of backtracking and uh, retreading. Uh, when, when we look at, when we look back on this thing, I think there's going to be a lot of um, backtracking and, and things that a lot of people believed in uh, came true. Um, and that's why we're already seeing a lot of that as well. I think, uh, otherwise, why are we seeing more now than we've ever seen? Um, you know, we just, we just haven't taken the right approach to it. Um, so I think for the new year, the, the answer is take care of your own immune system. There's always going to be viruses and bacteria and parasites and fungus. So you, you need to, keep your own immune system healthy so you'll be able to fight them off and use all the tools that modern medicine has as well. But, um, you know, we, we're going to, we're going to see a lot of, we've learned a lot of lessons through this thing. And I think there's going to be a lot of backtreading when this thing's over. Well, speaking of uh, immune system, you did a, a common sense MD episode, uh, that went out today on YouTube on, on, on zinc. Um, gets into, you know, how zinc works, all the different forms. Uh, we're getting a lot of great feedback, uh, coming back, uh, coming from that. So if you guys have not watched that, check that out. Um, it's, a, it's on the YouTube channel. Um, it's the importance of zinc, uh, came out, uh, this morning and it's a big part of, you know, what we're talking about here in terms of, of keeping your, your immune system strong. 
Um, so let's get to let's get to some questions here. We're getting some great comments. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who is. Uh, hanging out with us tonight, and thank you, uh, especially to those you know who are who are new and the ones who are back, and uh, to all the sharers um, who are sharing the the episode. We really appreciate that. I I, I see that happening. So thank you so much. Uh, Seven stars on YouTube asks, um, I have a question. What should I do? I have MCAS issues from long COVID, and I have MS. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure what MCA, MCAS is. Uh, any, any, you need, a, you need, I don't know what that is either. Can you spell it out? Of course, everybody, I know what MS is, but it's certainly with any autoimmune disease like MS, it can, um, I'm trying to figure that out while I'm looking at this, but, um, it can certainly exacerbate any kind of autoimmune disease. There's no doubt about that. I think it even cause them as well. I think we're going to be seeing a lot, lot more, uh, autoimmune disease, uh, out there, a lot of more, POTS uh, syndromes, a lot of more um, Parkinson's, and we may even see, you know, more cancers from this. Um, but so if you can tell me what you have, MCAS issues, um, maybe I'm just not thinking of it. But uh, um, Seven stars, if you can, if you can elaborate just a little bit and then we'll, we'll get back to you, but we're going to get to uh, Bentha's question here on Facebook, uh, do you have to have a doctor's order to get the monoclonal antibody injections and do you have to meet certain criteria? Uh, I know lots of people are thinking about this question. So, uh, what's your answer there? Um, I don't think you really have to have a doctor's order, um, to get them for the infusions you do, I think, but for the, the subcutaneous, uh, arm injections, I don't think you do. You do have to. You do have to have a positive test, and you have to meet certain criteria. Um, they're being a little more lax about the subcutaneous monoclonals, like I got. Um, but um, for the infusions that you get through outpatient, mostly outpatient hospital uh, directed type things, uh, you have to. Um, probably have an order. We've given a lot of orders for those and be uh, 65 or older or, you know, obese, have kidney disease, um, diabetes, asthma. Um, those are the main ones, I think. But And usually that's going to have to come from a, a doctor's order. At least I've signed a bunch of forms for them. But there's a lot of people that can go to the, some of the pharmacies uh, that uh, keep the uh, sub sub-Q monoclonal antibody shots around. You can go get them yourself. They prefer you call them yourself and make your own appointment. And I've seen them be a little bit more uh, lax in the, in the qualifications of that. So just calling um, the pharmacies directly, calling the pharmacies directly, but there's a, there's a pretty long waiting list now. Sure. Um, so keep, keep it going. All right. Uh, Mark on YouTube asks, uh, this is a myo uh, uh, myocarditis question, um, which I know uh, is a uh, popular topic right now. Uh, what warning signs should we look out for? Uh, should we look out for with myocarditis and pericarditis? Uh, pericarditis. On, pericarditis. Pericarditis. Uh, thoughts on aspirin, L-lysine, L-carnitine, glutathione, and NAC as preventative measures. Um, yeah, certainly, um, signs and symptoms of pericarditis and micro, you're going to have chest pain and shortness of breath, mm. and maybe even just extreme fatigue. 
Um, of course, you can get extreme. You will get extreme fatigue if you have COVID. But um, Mark may be talking about the, you know, the teenagers that are getting pericarditis from uh, the vaccine, um, which is not as uncommon as, as you may think. Uh, so certainly if you have any kind of chest pain, also it kind of mimics having a heart attack, really. And when you go in the hospital with this, these kids that are getting it, um, they're having uh, positive troponins, which is a marker for uh, myocardial damage, meaning you've had you've had heart damage. So certainly in those uh, the aspirin. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's good. Um, you can't take aspirin if you're a little kid, but um lysine i'm not sure about pericarditis lysine but certainly that's one of my daily vitamins that i take for the immune system um, l-carnitine is one that you got to be careful with if you have um, a high tmao which is related to a gut bacteria so and most people are not going to get that measured we measured on our cleveland heart panel so not everybody should take l-carnitine uh, and therefore, not everybody should eat a lot of red meat either, because if you do have this TMAO marker that's high uh, with some gut dysmorphia, you shouldn't take that supplement uh, as I did. Uh, I actually had that marker. So that's why I don't eat a lot of red meat or take L-carnitine. Glutathione is always good. NAC always good. Uh, you can't go wrong with those. So, yeah, I'm all for it as preventive measures for that. All right. Thank you for that question, Mark. Um, Keto Medito asks, my calcium is 8.9 uh, mg per dl. Uh, I have to pronounce these. I have to like spell it out because I'm not sure what they stand for. Uh, reference range 8.5 to 10.5. I take 5,000 IUD3, but no K2. Uh, do I still need to consider uh, K2? I would, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt I would take K2. Uh, what the K2 does is allow the vitamin D to bring the calcium into your bones, not your arteries. So um, if you're at, you know, if you're under, say you're tw in your 20s, it may not be so much as important. But when you hit your 30s and certainly 40s, you need to definitely add K2 to it. Now, if you're on certain blood thinners, you got to be careful with K2 um, because uh, it can affect your clotting factors. But, uh, yeah, and I, you know, I'm against extra calcium for people you know i just don't think it's necessary to take a calcium supplement you can get the calcium through your food so um i take my women with osteopenia and osteoporosis off their calcium supplements and make sure they're getting bioidentical hormones exercise d with k and maybe some other things just depending on how severe it is but i'd rather get your calcium through your your food green vegetables especially all right. That is a uh, great question there. Let's see if we can. Oh, there's one from Anita uh, on uh, Facebook. Um, hi, could testosterone injections cause um, a pancreatitis attack? Uh, that could, you could be trying to say panic attack. I'm not sure. Uh, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts on that? I don't think it will cause either. I've, I've never associated testosterone injections with pancreatitis. Now, an Ozempic or uh, Trulicity injection could possibly rarely cause it. That's that's why you don't want to use those diabetic weight loss once a week injections uh, in anybody who's had any kind of pancreatitis. But um, no, I mean, I, I just, of course, you know, I've prescribed probably a million doses of testosterone injections over my career. 
I've never seen it cause pancreatitis. Um, you know, there's, there's other pretty common causes of pancreatitis. Um, so gallstones and diet and high triglycerides come to mind. Alcohol, I guess I said that. Uh, so. All right. Well, thank you for that question, uh, Anita. We're going to go to, to you, YouTube here with Gene. Um, has a two-part question. Is 50 milligrams of zinc daily too much? And the second part is what can you do to stop hair loss after, uh, after COVID? Um, you know, 50 is, if you're going to take it long-term, 50 is, is my maximum dose I'll put people on. When you have COVID, I'll bump it up to 75, maybe 100. But yeah, after, you know, some people say 40, but, you know, I, I, I think 50 a, a day as a routine basis is what I take and what I put people on. If you get any higher than that for long-term, you got to start watching for copper depletion. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not a bad idea to take the trace minerals anyway that have two milligrams of copper in there. So, um, and certainly if you start getting a lot of symptoms of, um, of uh, zinc overdose, then, then you need to cut back on it like a flu-like illness. Look at my, Gene, look at, go ahead and look at, or listen to my podcast from today on my note. It talks all about zinc. That, my subject today was zinc. Great question. And Gene, you, you could can, take you could take too much zinc. You can you can find that on the on the YouTube channel, uh, Gene. And I, I've actually got another uh, zinc question on on YouTube from Angel. Um, I think if you take zinc long term, you can get it, co copper zinc imbalance, and you can get a zinc overload. I started losing hair and, and stopped zinc. Any recommendations? Uh, my hair is not coming out as as much now. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah. good timing here, Angel. Yeah, uh, you can actually. It can not enough can cause hair loss too much can cause hair loss as well. So, um, yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, when, when people are losing their, uh, taste, uh, uh, and maybe and smell during COVID, um, zinc should help that taking too much may make it worse. So that's the one you got to really watch your doses of a little bit. And it causes a lot of nausea in people. Yep. Um, a lot of people have to drop to 30 milligrams and take it with food for sure. It'll make you nauseated. Um, great questions on zinc, but look at, look at, um, and the second part of the previous question, you know, a lot of things you can do to restore your hair post COVID. And of course we always use biotin. There's a ton of ways to look at your hair and you may even need to look at your thyroid and your iron status on that too because that code can throw those off. Um, but it can, code can definitely cause hair loss. I've seen that a lot of times, but um, it's going to come back when you get your immune system back. Right. All right. Thank you for that. And uh, Angel and uh, Brandon on YouTube um, has a vaccine question. Have you taken a look at the Novavax vaccine? Uh, if so, what are your thoughts in terms of safety with this one, as opposed to the MRNA vaccines? You know, I would prefer the adenovirus uh, vaccines, the more traditional uh, vaccines to be used uh, like the Novavax. Um, it's not ready he over here yet. It's approved, I think, in Europe. But, I mean, they're failing on that vaccine as well. Um, I, I do have a patient that took those uh, in the trial. And, um, you know, he had, he had the, the two real injections. And it came down with a rip-roaring case of COVID. I mean, about 
three months later, had recovered really bad. So it didn't work too well. <laughs> so um, I, I, that's what I'd kind of hope for, but you know, it's, it's still not approved. And man, if they, if, if they're not approving it over here, you know, I don't know. Uh, thank you for that, Brandon. Um, Alice uh, has a has a, a COVID question as well. It's uh, I've had a cold finally uh, almost over it after nearly two weeks. Never had a fever, just lots of sinus pressure, cold symptoms. It seemed different than colds I've had in the past, so I tested for COVID, uh, uh, tested twice, and both were negative. Is it possible it still could have been uh, Omicron? Could be. What you should do in a month, check your antibodies just to see. And, uh, you know... Hopefully you had it and you're over it. Um, there may be 40% of people with Omicron that never have any symptoms at all. Uh, so, and, but and a they, lot of people. Would they test, would they test negative or positive if they tested? Positive. If they develop, uh, you know, you have to wait a, a month. Oh, positive for, sure. for, positive for antibodies. For antibodies in, in a month. But, gotcha. Uh, yeah. A lot of times the, the testing is so inaccurate with, um, these rapid COVID tests, you sometimes you just got to keep testing it. And the third one, boom, it turns out positive. But um, so. Um, uh, yeah. We're going to get to uh, Brian Jones, Dr. Jones. Great to see you. Good friend of performance medicine. Uh, let's see. Uh, he, he has a question ab about um, Omicron again. Uh, are there legitimate concerns about uh, a person getting Omicron on the surface? It causes cold like symptoms. The media makes it sound like we're all in deep trouble. Uh, what am I? What am I missing? What's he missing? You're not missing a thing. You're looking between the lines because, uh, yeah, I mean it's fear mongering. To be honest with you, in my opinion, they're trying to fear monger. They're trying to vaccinate their way out of this thing, <clears throat> even though we know that the vaccine is not working for the Omicron, especially maybe even. Uh, selecting those out. Although if you look at different sites, it says it'll tell you the exact opposite, but you know, in most cases um, it's been shown to be very mild two day cold, even in South Africa where, where they first found the first case, that's where it supposedly mutated from. Um, they've really cut a lot of the restrictions out um, but because they realize it's, it's not that bad, but you know, I hope we'll see. You know, but the best case scenario, Brian, is if it is that light of virus and it'll provide you some immunity, is that everybody kind of gets it, you know, gets it and gets over it real quick and it protects them. Maybe as viruses tend to do, they tend to become less virulent as they mutate because um, if it's killing everybody, they don't have any more host. So um, that's the hope. And that's that's what I think is going to happen. I really think that if in the next week or so we have, you know, half a million new cases every day. I mean, how many people do we have over here anyway? It's going to, it's going to really just, and, and all the people that have had, had it already. I mean, we so hopefully we'll start to get some herd immunity, but it may turn into the seasonal flu thing with it's continuously, um, uh, you know, mutating and getting less lethal and we're coming up with better ways to treat it like they have the flu mm -hmm. um i mean that's but that's a great question but you're not missing a thing the media is, is promoting fear in my opinion uh 
They don't want you to travel. They don't want you to do anything. And even Dr. Fauci, if you saw the interview with on CNN with uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta interviewing Dr. Fauci, and he asked Dr. Fauci, you know, Dr. Fauci, we're, we're hearing that innate immunity, people have had COVID, that may be having better protection than the vaccine. What are your thoughts on this? And honest to Pete, he goes, oh, well, you know, um, you know, we need to look into that. I mean, that's the head of our, that's who's running the whole show. We should look into that. Well, you think you should look into that? <laughs> I think you should look into that. It's just sad. It's just sad. Uh, Brian, thank you for that question. Um, I'm going to put this up real quick. Uh, Evangelon said MCAS is mast cell activation syndrome. Yeah. And this yeah. is in regards to the, to the, to the MS, uh, from seven stars. Let's see. Yeah. Um, does that change uh, your answer any? Um, I think the question was, uh, you know, whether or not that, uh, the COVID had, um, uh, precipitated that with the pre-existing MS. Is that what it was? It certainly could have because the COVID actually does activate mast cells. That's why we treat it with H1 and H2 blockers routinely. Um, I think there may be some, um, there may be some really positive news about taking some of these medicines prophylactically like the, the uh, H1 and H2 blockers. But yeah, that that's a bad deal that mast cells are kind of um they're bad they're, they're they're necessary because they're part of your immune system but you know if they get overactivated it's kind of like it, it plays a part in the cytokine storm and the overreaction of your immune system uh like you get in people that have allergies um that's what they have these these mast cells and then you have histamine on top of that and it just creates too much inflammation. Your body can't handle it. So certainly that, that could play a part in uh, exacerbating MS. So what I would do is everything, do everything you can to calm down that um, inflammation in your body. And the first thing to do is, of course, eat a, a non-inflammatory diet. Um, then take your other medications uh, that will prevent that mast cell activation. Um, okay, let's let's get to just a, a few more questions, guys, and then we're gonna uh, call it an, an evening. And, and if we didn't get to you, we'll be sure to uh, uh, at least take note of it and at least uh, do our best to get some sort of answer to you. Uh, if not on the the next week's show, uh, LV asks, "Have you seen an increase slash decline in Parkinson's patients from having COVID? Husband has Parkinson's and had COVID in August." Um, I've seen an increase. Um, and COVID, the fear is, you know, that, um, even the vaccine, uh, could precipitate some of it. That's a fear. I can't, there's no substantiation that I know of that, but certainly, um, I think we may be, uh, because of COVID, we, we could see a lot more of, uh, because we know it affects your, it gets into your brain. Yeah. Um, and it can certainly, effect that's how you lose your sense of smell it gets in through your olfactory tracts and in talking to a lot of the neurosurgeons and neurologists i think they're seeing a lot of that if you look at the reports um, we're going to see a lot more of cases i think of parkinson's and ms and dementia cases and um this is this is a bad thing that's happening and it's a real COVID's a really bad thing that we need to 
um, get over. And certainly in people that are immunocompromised, those are the people that are predisposed to have this worsening effect and, and causation. You know, even cancer, we look at that. Um, stress can cause cancer. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And certainly um, not only having COVID is very stressful and having um, uh, the environment in which COVID has promoted all this fear and shutdowns and isolation and loneliness. It, it's certainly going to see, you're going to see more of every type of illness we've seen, in my opinion, for years. I mean, um, we're going to do just a couple, we're going to do this question just because I think, you know, I think this is going to be valuable for, uh, for a lot of people on here. Um, so this is kind of a, a new year's, a new year's resolution type question. Um, it seems Debbie lost 94 pounds, but allow myself to too much Christmas candy. Uh, you're not alone, Debbie. Um, I'm right there with you. Uh, any tips on how to get back on track and we'll just kind of theme this question. Uh, you know, how do we get, you know, from a weight loss perspective, um, what's your best advice kind of going into the new year here? Well, congratulations on losing 94 and that should prove that you can do it for sure. Um, and you're like, you're just human. I mean, you, you know, everybody does that around the holidays a little bit. Um, so this, the fact that you tell us you're struggling is uh, signs that I know you're going to do well with it. You're going to get right back on track. Just, uh, we, and we did a podcast on this where you have little trigger foods like sugar, especially in carbs that can kind of, um, you know, set a little binge eating episodes off. So, um, you know, Dr. Robin Brank, our, our psychologist that works with us with our weight loss patients and a lot of different things. She has a lot of good um, advice on this. You, you need to go look at some of her podcasts she's done with me. And I think she's done some with you as well, Ben. Mm -hmm. um, and again, if you, if you need help, come in. I mean, some people need a little help with this. Um, you may need a short course uh, or a longer course of something like Ozempic or metformin, um, or even sometimes just a really short-term course of fentramine, you just uh, need some help. And uh, certainly that's a real thing. Yeah. So you've shown you can do it. You will do it again. Just get, you know, um, just write down, write things down, write goals down. And you realize when you've, when you're kind of messing up a little bit, you're human, you get right back on track, you know, forgive yourself. Don't, don't make it uh, get into your psyche that you can't do it because you can do it. Yeah. Um, Love that. Uh, uh, Debbie, uh, keep us, keep us posted uh, on, on getting back on track. We'll be, we'll be back here next week, uh, Tuesday, same time. I'm going to put this, um, this up just cause you know, I think it's a really good question. And then we're going to, uh, I got one more, then we'll call it a day. Is it, is it possible to overtake too many uh, probiotics and prebiotics? Uh, my assumption is yes. Uh, what's your, What's your, yeah, what's your um, thoughts? I think you can. Yeah. You just listen to your gut. And if you, you know, if you bump your probiotics up from, um, from 10,000 to a hundred thousand, you're going to get cramps and diarrhea with it probably. So, you know, again, it's not the, how many billion CFUs, it's the quality of them. So, um, you know, of course I'm always, I love the, the digestion because it, it, it has the right amounts that I think 11 different types and five prebiotics. So the prebiotics, I guess, you know, which are mostly fiber and inulin 
Uh, I guess you could, it could cause some stomach upset as well if you uh, ate too many of them. But uh, so just listen to your gut. If you get a winner that you're, uh, it's, you know, stay with it, but realize that once every year or so, you ought to switch it up just a little bit mm. uh, uh, just to kind of make sure your gut doesn't get used to the same the same one. But, uh, and, and, and Ram, I, I would really um, suggest you go to shieldnutra.com and, you know, just read about gut health on that website. Uh, that's the website of Digest Shield, which uh, Dr. Rogers just mentioned. Uh, but it is just a gut health library. Uh, it's shieldnutra.com. And uh, I'm going to put this up here real quick and then we're going to call it, guys. Uh, do you use Life Extension as a trusted vitamin resource? Yeah, I do. That's the one I use. You know, I've used them for years. I did a lot of research years ago on them. And I found that that one, for the price, they're wholesale. So they're not out the, you know, you can afford them. Um, they're non-for-profit. They've been around 40 years. I did a lot of the original research on vitamins like they invented CoQ10 and, and a lot of the elements that you'll see. Um, and they have, a, they have an expiration date on them. So, you know, they're, they're a five-star company. Um, vitamins should, are like medicines. They should, they have expiration dates on them, even though they'll last longer than the original expiration date on them that you see. So don't worry if it's a little bit expired. I still would take it, but, and if I had it sitting in my cabinet, but so yeah, I do love life extension. There's other good ones out there too, but that's a really, I think it's a really good company. And, and Nicole, we, we did a podcast, an Outside the Box episode with uh, Jeff Thomas, who uh, was a longtime rep uh, for Life Extension. He's now uh, retired. Uh, he's one of the smartest people I know in, in the vitamin supplement world. And, and we talk all about that, just how to basically how to pick vitamins and, and how to judge the different uh, companies. Uh, there's lots of good ones, but there's also uh, some bad ones out there, too. Uh, so you can check that out. I think it's called... Um, how to take vitamins uh, or something like that. Um, if you go to our, uh, just all the videos, it's within the last couple of months. Um, all right, doc, we're going to call it. I, I know I, I know I missed some guys, uh, and we're going to kind of audit those, uh, tonight and, uh, we'll either get those on next week, next week's show, or we'll, we'll try to, uh, put a comment in. So, uh, so that we, we reach out in some way, but I, I do want to wish, um, everybody just a, a, a wonderful and happy new year. Uh, this has been uh, such a cool year for us uh, in 2021. Um, it's been amazing to get to do this with you guys uh, every single Tuesday. Dr. Rogers, it's been you know so much fun to get to to hang out with you uh, every Tuesday night at seven. Uh, I learned we, a lot too. These 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 are great because it's it's evolved into a really kind of like a community where everybody helps each other out. You know, I don't know everything. If you ever if you ever go to a doctor who thinks they know everything, find a new doctor because. Uh, we don't. Uh, we, we should be learning every day and we should be listening to our patients. And uh, I learned so much from my patients and this community that we have built up here. Uh, and it's been very faithful that, it, you know, I've certainly learned a lot. And I really appreciate all the good feedback you give us. And, and I'm like, Ben, have a great new year. We got a lot of great things that's going to happen this next year. And um, think positively. Yeah, good good things are happening, and and I think that might be the the best advice you you've you've given all night. Uh, you know, doctor, you know, doctors don't know everything, and 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 I know, you know, I I'm have I'm super close with Doctor Rogers, as you guys know, he's he's my dad, and uh, it's kind of fun to to hear him, you know, you know, say, you know, he doesn't know, and and look into 
look into things a little bit more. So, you know, we really appreciate all the comments. Uh, we really appreciate you guys being involved and, and, uh, and really contributing, uh, to, to, to this Q and a show and making it so valuable for the people who are here with us live. And also for the people who, uh, listen to it after the fact on the, on the podcast or, uh, or at a later date. So, uh, we really appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. Uh, we cannot wait for 2022, uh, real quick before you guys sign off. Uh, if you guys want to hear more things from us in terms of, you know, more topics, um, put them in the comments because, you know, we look at these comments and we, we kind of take our ideas for the next shows, um, you know, deeper dives, uh, from your comments. So, uh, if you want, you know, you know something, you know, something, I want to add something real quick, please. Cause you mentioned something where, when you hear the words, I don't know from anybody, that is just a great statement because it means that the things you can learn are limitless. Yeah. If you know something, then it's shut and it's done. If you don't know something, then it just opens up a world of limitless uh, things that you can learn. So I always say, take that as a, as a positive. So uh, certainly we're learning every day and, um, I always liked a, a doctor, especially that would say, I don't know, but was willing to look and entertain some outside of the box or things that you can do. Um, so yeah, I, I love help that. for everything. I love so, that. And it, I hope everybody has a great new year and thank you, Ben, for being such a great host. I hope this show gets even bigger and better. I certainly enjoy doing it and um, it's just fun. You know, we have a lot of like-minded people and people that challenge us and uh you know certainly nice to be challenged and that's what keeps you learning and yeah keeps you motivated you know we we really are we're, we're looking into the comments guys so if you have suggestions uh, for things that you want us to dive deeper on you know whether that's through a common sense md episode or through an outside the box interview or through a doctor's note uh, please put those in we, we're, we're going to try to uh, make this you know youtube channel this you know this facebook page uh, as, as valuable to you guys as possible. Um, and, and also if you guys know anybody, <laughs> performance medicine of Bristol is coming up. Uh, it'll be uh, January 10th, as Katie said. So if you guys know anybody, uh, we are looking for, uh, we are looking for medical assistance, medical assistance for the Bristol office. Uh, so, uh, if you guys, uh, know anybody or are that somebody, uh, you can email Katie, Katie at performancemedicine.net or, uh, simply direct message uh, our page or put in the comments. Uh, we love you. Uh, Iran, we're, we're going to open up an office in Georgia at some point. <laughs> uh, Dr. Rogers, thank you. Uh, thank Thanks, you guys man. for a wonderful year. Happy New Year to everybody. We love you. Uh, we'll be back next week, Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Uh, until then, uh, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful New Year's Eve. and ha Be safe and have fun. See you guys. Love you. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.